Katie and this is That Grief Relief Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a very light-hearted, open-hearted conversation about grief. There is no right or wrong way to deal with grief. Now, whilst I might be at a certain stage of my grief process, my guests might be at another stage of their grief process, you might be at a completely different stage of your grief, or you might not have experienced grief at all. I'm not here to offend, I'm here to hopefully put a smile on your face, whether you're going through something right now or not. Welcome to another episode of that Grief Relief Podcast. I'm Katie, and before I introduce this week's guest, I keep being told off for being a really bad podcaster and not asking you to like and subscribe and review and such. And it's I've decided I'm now going to do it at the beginning of the episode because it always seems really weird to do it at the end of the episode, especially after the subjects we talk about. So go and like and subscribe and review. Right, I've done that, especially on YouTube, because once I get to 100 subscribers, I can actually change the old URL. Enough about that. Uh, today's guest is joining me from the UK. In fact, I don't even know whereabouts from the UK, but we'll find out. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hiya, I'm fantastic, thank you. And I'm Good. joining you from London. Oh, Yo, you're in London. Whereabouts in London are you? Um, Northwest London's like Finchley. I don't okay. Know well, I, well, I was born in London. I was born in Hammersmith. Okay. But I I moved out and I lived in Hounslow, but we moved down to Sussex when I was one. So I don't know it at all. And I'm really rubbish. My family are all kind of like Brentford, Fulham way. Okay. Okay. So that's West London, like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> and welcome to Geography with Katie and Joe. Um, <laughs> Joe and I connected on Instagram as well, because Joe is again once uh, another member of the wonderful grief community that is on Instagram. And what I loved Ooh. about it was <laughs> you yeah, big up the grief community on Instagram. <laughs> Joe, um, I get I get lovely messages on Instagram about the podcast, but Joe just straight up sent me a voice note. Now, that's a bold thing to do, sending a, a, an uninvited and unsolicited voice note. Talk me through that. So I'll tell you why. Because I, like, for some reason, when I have a thought and when something comes to my mind, I can't really write it down. Like, I find that so long and um, tiresome. So when I have something, I'm like, right, if I'm going to write it down, I'll completely forget. But I might as well just voice note it. Yeah. And it's just so much easier. And I do like the sound of my own voice. So that is probably why as well. Well, there you go. A man after yeah. my own heart. Uh, Joe's also a fellow podcaster, so we'll find out all about that. And for regular listeners of the podcast and viewers, of course, sorry, YouTube, um, my cat Poppy is here and being a nightmare already. So please expect plenty of interruptions. Um, Joe, you, are, you started your podcast and your story and your Instagram and everything because sadly you lost your mum. Tell me all about your beautiful mum. So my mum, Michelle Bellman, um, we like to call her, well, she was known as the Dancing Queen um, after her favourite song. And she was someone who, well, she had uh, an 11 year cancer battle. Um, oh she was my first God, diagnosed. 11 years? Yeah, it was, it was pretty manic, to be honest. It was like over such a, you know, it took her all around the world in terms of treatments and but the thing was, she had the mentality, she always had this mentality that she was going to beat cancer and that cancer was just like a, like a side project. It was something that was just present, but it wasn't like going to define her life. And okay. she inspired so many people in her journey. Um, and you know, even to the point where I, it was like a week before she passed and she was in you know, the hospital room and it was looking very bad um and you know she was still she was sending me voice notes like yeah you know what I had a really good dream last night and I think this we're all on the up like I'm, I have a really good feeling about this um and this was like you know five days before she passed mm. and you know if, for those who do know you know when you're coming towards the end of your life with a cancer diagnostic it, it does become quite clear um but still she had this this you know this this notion that she was almost in control of her destiny. And I think that was amazing as, as a son, you know, it was, I learned so much from her and yeah. 
Wowzers. And I mean, 11 years, that's one of the things that I'm, and it's an interesting word to use. I'm grateful with my dad's battle with cancer. It was really short. It was like five months. Um, I, I can't imagine what you went through. So how old are you? Uh, give me some timelines. How old were you when she was diagnosed? Um, so I was first, I was eight when she was diagnosed. Um, she passed when I was 19. Um, now I'm 21. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's been, to be honest, and you know what the weirdest thing when I say that, I feel like those 18 months, two years from when she's passed to now, I feel like I've gone through such a transition. I mean, myself and my two siblings as well. I think, you know, going two years, you know, when it it doesn't seem like a long time, but Mm. so much has happened, you know, with COVID and just um, just different life stages. It's it's quite you know, remarkable to think what has gone on in such a short spell, but it's like, it's quite um, surreal. And like, you know, with loss in general, you know, there are, it doesn't get easier as time goes on, you know, you you know, it might be, uh, and that was, I think, initially um, a, a hidden myth I kind of believed and I thought after a certain period you know oh day 65 and we're you know we've got <laughs> yeah. to that mark and I'm here and you know grief is no more but um, that isn't the reality unfortunately no. yeah no for sure how old are your so are they brothers sisters how old are your siblings so I have a um, sister who I think has just got home from school and can probably hear everything going on right now um, she is 15 um and I have a brother who is living his best life at the minute in Mexico um who is 19 oh nice okay that's good hang Poppy don't hang on one second Poppy it's because with my super professional zoom setup I've got uh the laptop on a box oh my god that she's gonna try and get in (laughs) my cat's trying to get in Box that the laptop's on, and it's all gonna go really badly wrong. Poppy. Poppy. Sorry, so your brother's living his best life in Mexico. When did he move to Mexico? Oh, he didn't move. He um he's gone traveling. Um ah. so him and a mate went uh like 10 days ago or so. Um, and it's like a two-month travelcation. I don't really know what you call it, but um wow. like a gap year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a summer gap year. You could Very it, nice yeah. too. Um, talk me through the, if you don't mind, but that's what we're here for. Talk me through the day that she died and what happened. Um, sure. Um, so, well, I guess it's more so the lead up. Uh, I, you know, I, I was first sat down by my father um, who, who told me, you know, she was going to pass. Mm. And when you hear something like that, it's like almost, uh, I want to say mythical. You don't quite believe what has been said, you know, mm. is factual. It just seems very, yeah, it seems false, you know. And I heard that. I didn't quite believe it. And then it became quite evident this was the case. And, you know, the day she, she passed, um, we were, at, you know, at this point, she, uh, you know, she was quite, frail she was mm. well not quite frail she was extremely f- frail she lost like she, she she wasn't quite there fully like mentally um like her her vocabulary her her sentences were quite uh jumbled mm. um a bit incoherent and but uh, the thing was she the i always I have, i've said this um story on my podcast and but the thing that was remarkable was the the state she was in. She was in this, you know, this pretty much hours from where she was passing. She was just tired. Her eyes were closed. And my brother and I, we came into this room and um, we sat either side of her bed, um, you know, not really expecting much of a response, almost kind of um, just a way for us to say goodbye. And that's what we kind of interpreted as. But yeah. as we were sitting down, um she's she's reached out and like held both our hands um and you know she wasn't visibly aware of who was there like she 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 that you wouldn't I wasn't really getting any kind of vocabulary or any kind of conversation it was just she reached out and almost kind of said like this is 
through her gesture, it was like, this is, it's going to be okay. Like we, you know, we will get through this. Um, and yeah, that was just, just who she was. You know, she had so much heart and I think it was, it, she, she loved to protect her kids and mm. that was her way of just protecting us. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. And, and I know what you mean about that gesture. It's just that it's the slightest of hand squeezes, isn't it? And, and you yeah. just know. And how long yeah. then after that did she pass away? Um, so that was probably about, I don't know, like 10 in the evening. And then my brother and I, we kind of decided we didn't want to stay in the hospital. Um, mm. You know, just watching her pass. I, I, I think that was a bit much for us at the time. Um, mm. So we kind of just went home knowing that was probably the last time we were going to see her. And then the weirdest thing was um, I'm at home and, you know, I've gone, we, I went to sleep and, you know, I was a bit upset. Well, I was very upset. I was messaging my mates. I was like, all right, this is a bit of shit. Um, and so I probably shouldn't have said that, but. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, your yeah. mum dying is a bit shit. Yeah, so I, I yeah. get that. That's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I've just gone to sleep with a really bad kind of mindset. And about two thirty-three, I've just randomly woken up. And you know, at the time, I was just thinking, you know, my sleep was pretty decent, and I just I thought it was a bit strange because um, I, I randomly woke up at like this really specific time, and it was around the same time mum passed. So no. like, as she passed, it was like, somehow my body just knew, um, you know, dad came back in the morning. He said, you know, your mum passed at, at so-and-so. And I was like looking at um, the messages I sent to a friend of mine. And it was like the exact same time, um, which, you know, I, I, I wasn't someone who was particularly spiritual, you could say. Um, mm. But then you see mm. things like that and you're like, right, um, something's going on here. So yeah. that was, it was like, yeah, it was a bit, bit much. But yeah, that was like a, a nice, I don't know. I don't really know if it was a nice gesture. I don't really think it was gesture. It was just more like a, 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 a synchronicity between myself and mum. I kind of just knew. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Did that give you some sort of comfort? Um, I wouldn't say comfort. I, I, I think at the time, at the time, I didn't really know what that was. Um, I think only looking back at it two years on now, it's, it's something I, I, I guess I can take comfort from. Mm. But at the time, it was more, um, you know, it was like, oh, at the time I was looking at like, oh, that was just a massive coincidence. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I didn't look at it from like this nice kind of perspective. It was quite a, a dark, like, or you, you, like kind of not trying to see the positives in things. And it was more so, yeah, because at the time, you know, you're 19, your mum's just died. And it's like, what what am I doing in my life now? Like, uh, I don't know. It, it was very... I don't want to say comforting. It was just, I think the whole experience is just devastating, I guess. Yeah, but no, absolutely. And where were you sort of in your life at this point? At uni, were you working? Were you close to your, your dad and your, your siblings? Um, yeah, so I was a uni student um, and I still am. Um, and the thing that I found really difficult was being a student and I think when you're a student you want to have your best life you want to get drunk you want to just do all the things you know careless you get free money to just splash on whatever like no responsibilities and then you have this thing at home that is this massive responsibility mm. and these two things don't mix well together mm. you know that it's like mixing pasta with orange juice like it's not a mix like that is nice and I didn't know, like, I thought uni was the best place for me um, after my loss. But then I realised this is not working. Like, this is an unhealthy relationship. I was staying in my room. I was like, if I was going out and drinking, this it was like bringing on these, like, emotions because I was not, no longer, like, repressing my feelings. I was like, you know, so it was it was a very difficult place. And then, you know, I kind of was like, right, I, can't, I do need to defer 
the year. So I, I did that and I came okay. back the following year, um, which obviously COVID happened. So that was all oh, in yeah. London. That's a You're never going to leave from... you, are you? No, and it's a running joke because I'm literally going to be the only fresh. No, I'm not a freshman, <laughs> but I'm going to... Yeah, you're gonna be one of those mature day. students yeah. what, you, what, you studying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. what are you studying at uni uh economics oh clever boy you're that <laughs> mean sure. you're that mean with all the maths in front of you aren't you the gifts are <laughs> sure. in everyone says that when when i say oh what do you do would you study i go economics but you know what? i can tell you the first thing about economics but that's why you're studying it so you're fine yeah, that's exactly. right that's know, that's what yeah. university is all about um and then the initial reaction then. So you knew it was you knew it was coming anyway, as you say, when you were upset and went to bed. But when you knew she had actually gone, what the hell went through your mind? Um at, initially, I think there was this this sense of I, I it it actually felt normal, which is weird to say, but it didn't feel like anything different had happened. It's like Yes, I was aware that she passed, but like you go, you know, you in life you go days, weeks without seeing your mum. So like when it initially happened, like it wasn't, it didn't sit with me. Like it didn't register any kind of reaction, really. Okay. I think it was only till later on um, where you know we had you know the the funeral where you know loads of people came and you know there was. I think that's when things really started to to take note. Like. I don't really remember crying until, you know, maybe months after. Okay. Um, and I think it was one of those things where I wasn't initially, and the, you know, that's something I'm, I'm sure you have found as well, but speaking about it on a podcast has really just shown me that, you know, verbalizing it and really surfacing what you're feeling is just so beneficial and, you know, confronting things you may, which are difficult, so to speak, but it just, it's helpful in so many ways. And mm. what, when it first happened, when my loss, well, when mum passed, you know, and people were saying, oh, how are you doing? And, you know, I, I think I would have responded, yeah, I'm all right, you know, getting on with life. But in, in reality, like I'm like, no, I'm actually not doing well. Can you please come and help me? But like, I couldn't say that because... I guess it might be that whole that that male image and you know being an older brother and but um yeah it it's just one of those things where you kind of learn to tackle it. I mean, do you find that from um your podcast where you've you found Well, it's, it's a it's a weird one actually for me because as of now so you are officially episode number 30 um I actually ha still haven't told my story yeah there are dribs and drabs that come in especially because obviously yeah. you know I've got a lot of things in common with with the, the guests that I have on my show but I haven't actually told my story and then um I actually mentioned this the other week was I did record it with my brother my brother Russell kind of interviewed me and I couldn't vocalize it for love nor really? money I couldn't get that. And bearing in mind, that's what I do for a living. Like yeah. I couldn't, I, I'd forgotten things, as you know, like your memory's quite blurred with certain yeah. things. Some things are like laser sharp. You remember where you were and what you were wearing and that kind of thing. But I just couldn't get my words out. It was an awful podcast. And then I was quite lucky that the, uh, I didn't set the, the microphones up to record so it didn't record so it's actually quite handy that that um, happened but, a blessing um, in disguise yeah a blessing in disguise but yeah but you forgot to do that the microphone <laughs> oh god that really awful podcast oh, recording what I a mistake <laughs> but it but in terms of like i mean absolutely talking talking to people for sure and interesting that you've said about the whole you were almost like screaming inside. No, I'm actually really bad and I, and I need help, but not being able yeah. to ask for it. I, I know that that is, uh, that's super common. I know that's one thing that I'm very grateful for my character of which I get from my mum and dad of that. I, I never, I never had uh, an issue like that at all. In fact, even yeah. a couple of weeks, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I rang my sister-in-law and she was like, hi, you're right. I mean, who calls anyone, especially with me? If someone calls me, someone's dead usually. So, I, you know, so I called my sister-in-law. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm having a bad day. And I just cried <laughs> down the phone to her for a yeah. solid, I don't know, 37 seconds. And then I was absolutely fine. But the whole, 
male thing and and that's been mentioned a lot by both um you know men and women that I've had on the podcast as well and I guess kind of yeah for you not putting words into your mouth but being so young were you trying to like portray this image I know you mentioned about being a big brother to your sister but were you trying to portray this image that like yeah I'm, I'm totally fine I'm cool with this in a way um I think what it was is when you lose someone at such an early age in your life there aren't too many people you can compare experiences with um you know there's not to say that I mean you know from doing what I do you know I've realized there are a number of people who experience a loss at a young age but immediately when that happens you're like right what what on earth do I do now and you know one of the first things I remember doing was searching on google I've gone how to um I've literally typed in how to how to deal with the loss of a parent or like how do you grieve or like something like that because I didn't really know um not those articles were all a bit rubbish really um (laughs) but um yeah it was just one of those things I don't think I I tried to um hide it I just think I'd, I'd never really been shown that you know being you know sharing your emotions was okay like I guess it was something I you know I I shared more in private with my mom and you know I'm quite an emotional person and we we spoke about the things I was going through and then when I lost that I was like I don't really have that and you know another figure um Mm. and I I felt like you know because I built this this really solid you know emotional kind of relationship with her where we'd all like I'd talk about just like the anxieties and you know the the commonalities of life but just things I probably wouldn't have share with other people and then I think it just it took a while for me to be like right this is okay like you know you you can speak like if I can speak about it with someone I've never met before you know on a podcast like what you know there there's nothing to be ashamed of of having very legitimate emotions you know yeah and how was it when you said when you first cried probably months afterwards do you know what triggered that yeah like for me when I get emotional it's more it's when I look at photos or when I look at videos or when I see um like it, it's, it's weird I don't get so like uh, it was her birthday recently and I didn't actually feel kind of that emotional like obviously it's a sad day but the actual day itself it, I, I I didn't you know it, there wasn't this this deep rooted like sadness which is weird to say but then a few days prior you know I was on holiday with my girlfriend and I had a really really bad dream my my mom was in the dream um, and I don't usually dream about her in fact very rarely do I Mm. Um, and in this particular dream it was it was like it was like I was kind of visiting her on her her deathbed almost Um, and you know me my brother and my sister were like saying like our last goodbyes and I woke up that morning, you know, I spoke to her and I kind of just, you know, I, I you know, I was visibly upset. Like I was, I was crying, not, not, you know, crying, but you know, there were tears and um, it was, it, so yeah, it's one of those things where I, 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 I think if I deeply think about it and, you know, I sit there or if I deeply just, just acknowledge that, you know, she won't you know or look at a photo and and just think of even like I got to the airport and I was thinking right mum loved holidays and as I was in the queue for the airport I'm thinking how like literally my mind's gone to wow like what she would have done in that moment and you know I could I I pictured her with this 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 bag that she had and all the goodies like raisins and sweets and all that in this bag that she'd take onto the flights and just that's got me upset because it was like a real kind of memory Mm. um so yeah that's kind of when I do get feel most sad if that makes sense yeah and it makes it makes perfect sense and it's sometimes those triggers they they come and they're they're you go through or I certainly did you go through times of where you you have these triggers and you get upset and you don't want them you're almost like I'll give you an example um I had a a voicemail from my dad. I could never listen to it. And I always remember then ringing home to speak to my stepmom. And if it was like three rings or something, I would panic and hang up because she kept his voice on the answer phone. 
And I'm like, no, yeah. no, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Whereas yeah. now, well, actually as well, a few months ago, I found out that my dad had a YouTube channel, which is absolutely buzzing, <laughs> bearing in mind he died in 2012. And um, I will yeah. watch it because I'm, you know, I'm listening to him, like talking to the dog and going out for a walk yeah. and stuff. And I, I want to hear it. But again, yeah. I guess that, I guess, mate, well, certainly for me, that's something that came with time for sure. Um, not easy yeah. at, the, at the beginning whatsoever. Um, and then you said, obviously, you were super close. <laughs> Wait, sorry, he had a YouTube channel. Yeah. How good is that? That's brilliant. And so not only did my dad have a YouTube channel, like I say, bearing in mind, he died in 2012. He had a yeah. YouTube channel and it was mainly of his dog, Barney, but it would have text on it. He'd have like text coming up. Oh, on, a little on creative genius. Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, and it was hit and my, and my dad's very very London and you know there's one of these videos where Barney the dog had got the toilet roll and he's like bloody hell Barney what are you doing that for you know and, and Barney's <laughs> just sitting there all cute but yeah uh, my dad was incredibly advanced he built his own website it was something that he told everyone so everyone needed to know um what yeah yeah, well, lad, um, I was going to say, you, uh, you've mentioned, obviously, you were super close to your mum, obviously, mummy's little boy, as it were. What about your relationship with your dad before and after? Were your parents together, sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah so, yeah, my dad's a great man. Um, he, mm. you know, I mean, my relationship with him is very, you know, very good. I mean, I, I played football quite a high level from a young age, and he would, you know, take me wherever and whenever to all games, not just me, but my sister and brother. Um, you know, he had a real pride in, you know, the Bellman family gene and our success. Um, but yeah, no, it was just that mum and dad had a very good relationship as well. Like he would take her wherever in the country, wherever in the world even to get nice. the best treatment. Um, you know, if it cost x y and z you know and uh, he would make sure it happened and you yeah. know we put on fundraisers to like raise money and um yeah it was just all about you know making sure she lived as long as possible and the best quality of life as possible you know i'm saying well, she, you know quite a lot yeah but, <laughs> but, but it's that. a very it's a very david beckham thing isn't it so we all we all have our little nuances you know yeah y you know you know um my one was uh my one was obviously i used to say obviously a lot and i'm like that's not obvious to you we've never met like <laughs> so i had to try and like get myself out of that yeah um what was i gonna say you've totally thrown me now with your old david beckham's is uh didn't he look great at the football yesterday, Bex? Oh, unbelievable. Oh, what good guy. old Bex. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. And Tom Cruise. Bex and Tom Cruise absolutely loving life at Wembley. Yeah, I was just, it was, I was like, what, what's Crazy Boy doing there? Having a, a, he's probably never watched football in his life. <laughs> but what was great was, I don't know if you saw, he was at Wimbledon as well. So he's yeah, then yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. he was at Wimbledon and then he's just hot-footed it across town and gone up to Wembley to watch the, the game of which we... I was actually speak. there at Wembley yesterday. You were not? I didn't get tickets to the game, but I've gone to Wembley before the game. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I was just like me and uh, you know my mates. Um, we 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 just went there, and the atmosphere was just amazing, electric. Yeah, it was. Um, I was I was actually so gutted because I had we won, like we were, I reckon we were all gone to Piccadilly, and like town would have been insane. Like probably would have been the best day of my life. Uh, minus my bemitzvah but um <laughs> you know <laughs> um yeah but it was it was a big shame but um yeah it was a big shame they they I, they really did us proud I mean I'm not even going to go to town on obviously what's happened since because I think it's absolutely appalling what's happened to those three lads but the yeah the team yeah. and good old Gareth he did it he did the country proud and it's certainly what we needed that's for sure uh, right back to dead parents, Joe. Um, enough about the football. Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask about. Um, okay, let, let's go back to obviously your your mum passed away. So it's you, your dad, your older brother, your younger sister. Younger brother, um, younger brother. I beg your pardon. So, oh, you're you are the eldest of all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. So right, that's that's definitely then sat on your shoulders afterwards, then hasn't it? Um, yeah. What kind of you said you went through a phase of being like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, as everyone does, you, you shrug your shoulders. I'm absolutely fine. What got you through that? And what, were there any, I guess, dark times? 
Yeah, I mean, I think once when I was at uni, um, I tried to really displace a lot of my feelings, but definitely having good mates around me was um, quite a, a good source of, of um, yeah, it def- definitely helped me. Um, but you know what? It, the timing of everything was just so appalling. Like, as soon as, um, so mum passed October 2019. Um, and, you know, I went back to uni, you know, finished off last term. Uh, towards the end of that term, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to defer. And that year, 2020, I was going to go traveling or, you know, just try and, you know, not find myself because I don't need to find myself, but just kind of right this has happened and kind of you know make an experience of it but then obviously covid happened like three months later which was Mm. incredibly difficult because when you have four grieving people in a house um you know locked in a house together it's very difficult yeah because you know even though it was march when this lockdown came into play it was almost like the, the grief was kind of revolutionized or you know it started again because from October to January or February it was like a different kind of grief like we all went our different ways and kind of got on with our lives mm. and then we were forced to kind of in a good way like it had some positives we were forced to really um, discuss what had happened but that also brought with it a lot of difficulties you know you know he's done it again <laughs> What uh, do you care to elaborate on some of those difficulties? What do you mean? Yeah, so it's just like I think with any any family, you know, you know, not everyone responds to things. I mean, even grief in, in general, people respond to grief very differently, um, mm. and in the family even more so. And I think initially it was very hard to comprehend why we were all reacting differently to a stimulus that you know was the same, mm. but. Great it, use of the word you know, stimulus. That... <laughs> I kind of do that. I I really put in words that just you know shouldn't you can really tell be you study basis. economics. Economics is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of yeah, it, it was a lot of hardship and like I, I would say dinner times were incredibly incredibly awkward. Like we oh, would. Really? Yeah, because during lockdown, we kind of all, it was really bad, to be honest. Uh, we'd all go in our rooms and, like, there would be just, I think, you know, whenever my brother saw me or whenever I saw my sister, we just nearly swallowed on some sweet. That was terrible. <laughs> um, but um, I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to throw no, you I, right under the bus for that. No, palmer violets literally nearly went down my throat. Hang on, you are voluntarily eating palmer violets. That's disgusting. <laughs> Do you not like them? No. Who likes palmer violets? They come in that this bag. Guy, this guy you, loves them. <laughs> you go with refreshers. You go with that funny, like, lollipop that you have to, like, grind into powder. And you have legitimately bought palmer violets. Indeed, I have, yes. See, and there was, uh, there was me thinking that and you and I were going to be why. best friends. <laughs> and that's probably why I nearly choked on it. Karma. Yeah, karma for making awful um, life choices. So sorry, <laughs> when, when, don't choke, because uh, although I could do with the content, it would be really awkward. Um, Slap it on your TikTok page. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> boy, boy passes away in mid-interview. <laughs> Oh, oh, how we laugh. And don't take the mickey out of my TikTok page. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, you were saying, like, when you bump into your brother or your sister, what, yeah. awkward exchanges on the landing? Or No, it was just, there was, no, like, yeah, like, there was no camaraderie. Like, we didn't, ha- like, at that point, it didn't feel like a family because it was it was so hard. Mm. And I, I think when you need to confront it, and because we were so young, I think when you're older, you know, and and you lose someone, it might, it's different in the sense, like you have your own lives and, um, you know, work, and then you can kind of deal deal with it in a different way. But because, you know, and we had that for a sense, because I was at uni, my brother, I guess, was at school, but like A-level, so he was, he was working. But as soon as we were forced, because we were, essentially, we were kind of forced into a house together. And, you know, if you were, you know, forced in that, in that, confined space um it's definitely a lot of 
things like there's going to be a lot of tension um, and normally that wouldn't happen but because of what the the loss itself there was all this this friction and like it was it was really quite it was really quite hard but because of that um that difficulty what's that phrase like when you like you can't get a diamond out of like pressure or I don't even know but um oh yeah don't test me on things like that (laughs) but um it was something like because that happened we had to get to where we are now like as a family um and we had to have we had to have those arguments and fights and Mm -mm. and and they were bad fights they weren't they weren't good um but we needed to have them to kind of air things out um and really just yeah continue because when you go when you go from you know a family of five to family of four it's it's not just you know it's not just a number you know you know for some people oh it's so sad but like with that that person there's so much togetherness you know you go from just having that extra person that that togetherness like what I I found is mum would kind of be a mediator almost and Mm. you know when there's now four it's almost like you know it it could be someone's ganging up on someone or it could it it really it really can feel like you know I definitely think my brother said that a few times like well you know why are you ganging up on me but you know that wasn't necessarily the case it was just because it it may have seemed like that because you know myself and my dad and my brother might have felt one way but because Ben didn't have that support from mom or or whatever Mm -hmm. it was it, it could feel like that and so I definitely felt there was that difficulty as well that um it is I've actually never spoken about that but I think it does make a a really big difference when you know you from going from two parents to one parent and almost whatever side that one parent you know kind of chooses it's like well you know why are you favoriting that child yeah but like it's not the case but because you know there's only that one figure it kind of looks that way if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. And I guess that, I mean, that's obviously the same when it comes to separation or divorce and such, but when yeah. it's, when it's the loss of a parent, I mean, you're, you know, I don't know your family set up in that terms, but then it's just, you, you know, your dad is forced into being a single parent th- through no ch- obviously choice of his own. And, and then I guess, he's trying he's obviously just constantly trying to do the right thing by the three of you um yeah. which is hard enough as a parent anyway let alone without the support of as you say they had an amazing relationship so they were clearly a great team together and now he's lost that so that's one thing that you know i i, I can't even is it empathize or sympathize one of those words is like not only has he lost the love of his life, he's having to now look after his three children, still be a stand-up parent and make sure that you guys are okay through your grief yeah. whilst looking after his grief. Like it's, yeah, it must be so tough. Is he, is he doing all right? Is he, is everyone? Yeah. Doing well? Yeah. He, yeah. We're doing well. I mean, he's gone through a few, um, I think you would call it midlife purchases. Um, that What's he got? Convertible <laughs> Porsche. No, not even. He's actually he got a really nice car though. He got um, a it's like a a, a vintage Mercedes. It's like nineteen fifty seven or six I, Mercedes. Nice, I really lovely. But his his now his fourth child. Like he's uh, I think he pays a lot more attention to this this car than he does us. But um, yeah. But he I think <laughs> the, the purchases that mum probably wouldn't have approved. But aha. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. He's like ah. <laughs> he's gone out and got that has he has he met anyone else um no like I think there might be um I think he wants to but I I I don't think that's just quite yet he's found the person mm. and how would you feel about that um I think it's definitely a, a difficult one I think um my brother, sister, and I have definitely spoken about it, and oh, right. it's it. I think it's just it is is very is a is a hard one, I guess, to accept because um, you, you kind of almost feel like it's you know cheating in a way, but obviously it's not. Um, but that's how like you kind of perceive it, and. It, it's hard to like kind of break out of that mindset but then you've got to remember mm. that 
he doesn't love her any less. It's just a different, you know, stage in your life, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. There's a woman and I'm going to forget her name, um, but she did a TED talk and she was speaking about the fact that her husband died and she's gone on to, you know, get married again and have children with this with this new man. And she said, that doesn't mean I don't love my husband who passed away. It's just your grief. Is that changes. the person who wrote um, Option B? Oh, I don't Sh- know. Cheryl Sandberg. She, oh, um... no, it's not. Her name is like something McKinnery or... I really should be well prepared, shouldn't I? What's example B? Example B, did you just say? Option B, I think. Option B, what's that? It's um, it's a book by this. I think it. I might be incorrect, but I think it was the um, one of the CFO of like Facebook or whatever. Her name's like Cheryl Sandberg. I oh think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she um, yeah, she just wrote this book about losing her husband, and. Yeah, it's just a really, really it's good, um, very good book um, that I read quite early on. Um, so I probably couldn't quote you on it now. No, I know what you mean. Just... Here we go. Option B, Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant facing adversity, building resilience and finding joy. Yeah, that's the one. <clears throat> and you found that yeah, helpful. So that... Did you read a lot of books or, or after losing? Yeah, one? I am a big reader. Um, so I did. I, I definitely ventured in the, the grief um, section of the library, but um, it's definitely not a fun read. Um, but you kind of like, yeah, there was de- there's definitely a good few few books that I benefited from. But I think with anything, you can't like focus solely on, you know, reading for your recovery because then you'll kind of never be sat not n- not never be satisfied. But you're you know you almost need to take it take the action yourself like I always find this like with self-help books for example like they're almost a drug in a way because you feel like you need them to to feel good so you continuously read all these books thinking and then you like it like reinforces all these feelings like oh I'm gonna do that I need to get another book but unless you actually actively you know take that step yourself which is hard but you know you can't you don't get that step by reading um so I don't, I don't, you know, continuously read about grief because, you know, it's like, I feel like I'll get stuck in a a continuous cycle of never really being satisfied. So I kind of try and, I don't want to say limit because, you know, this, I know some people really probably will benefit from it, but for myself, it's about, you know, finding, finding something that helps you and then kind of working on it yourself, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like not being dependent on it. I don't know if you did you speak to a counselor or a therapist or anything after your mum died? Yeah, like I did have a good chat. There's a, a really good charity, um, Grief Encounter in the UK. Okay. Um, and I um they, they basically they they're tailored towards like young bereavement and like speaking to like young people when they lose someone. Um and they yeah, so I, I did speak to people there for a bit. Um it got a bit weird with lockdown, to be honest, because I, again, speaking like to a therapist over Zoom is just quite, uh, yeah, it's just a bit bit difficult because, you know, you're in your room and, you know, it's like goes on the TV and then you're like distracted and then like, oh, here I am. This is shit. Like you kind of forget almost where you are. So that, yeah. But no, no, I think therapy is is definitely a good step for for many people um and I would I'm um, yeah I'm an advocate for that I think yeah um, I am um, I was gonna say the same as the books really then is because um I when I was seeing a therapist I I then thought well hang on yeah I don't want to keep doing this every Tuesday uh nine o'clock in the evening because then I thought what if I do become dependent on her and it's really interesting that you use like the analogy or comparison if you like to it being a drug, you don't want to be dependent yeah. on a person. You need to yeah. be able to survive on your own. Um, so I didn't go cold turkey. I did. Uh, I did have to wean myself off her. But um, yeah. And and every now and again, like touching in, touching in with her um, and everything. So that's that's really interesting about the books, which then leads me nicely into your podcast. So tell me all yeah. about your podcast. Like, why did you start it? 
So, I, like I said before, when I was um, when the loss first happened, I searched on the internet what to do when you lose someone, and when I when I did that, I realised this is just not helpful for someone my age. There were so many things like, um, you know, from like a scientific background, like you know, you might experience anger, you might, use, and I was like. I don't really want to read this. Like, this is not making me feel any better. So I thought, you know, if I'm in that situation, then there must be, you know, other university students, other young people, you know, in school looking at these articles thinking this is absolute, like, waz. Like, this is just not... I've said waz. I don't even know how to say waz. Um... <laughs> it's fine. It's proper English. It's fine. <laughs> waz. <laughs> um, I did go to a good school, I promise. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so... I just kind of felt I need to do something to, um, cause you know, my mom was all about helping people and that's something, you know, I want to continue her legacy. So I, yeah, I, I started this, my, you know, my first episode was quite, um, do you know what? It actually started with me doing poetry and I, I read my poetry. I put it on YouTube and it did really, really well. It got picked up by like the BBC. I like record, like I spoke on, um, the BBC did my piece. Um, and, after that yeah I was just like people were like oh wow you, you know you, you that was so amazing and someone reached out to me um the first guest her name's Kim and she's like we should do something together so it didn't actually start with a podcast it kind of started and but it transitioned into that route and then like after that first conversation which also did very well I was just like yeah like this is something that can help so many people so I with my limited experience in the podcasting world, I had a lot of help um, putting things together. But yeah, like it's it's been something I I just you know, I love doing it. I love sitting down with someone um, and just yeah chatting. Yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, it's I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? Living with loss. No, that's right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's correct. Yeah. And how many episodes in are you? So I've done about twenty two. And it's the they're not all loss based. So most, you know, I think you know, seventeen, eighteen are loss based. But um, I've spoken to people about you know having cancer or um, you know someone had alopecia or um, just just you know difficult things. But for me, mm. it's about talking to young people and really showing that it's okay to 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 have these these thoughts and feelings and just like you know talk about it because talking is therapy it really is yeah wow that's a quote for my instagram thanks i know much. as soon as i've said that i just <laughs> thought right that is absolutely banging what is good that is amazing <laughs> and you said it right into the microphone you were like talking is therapy <laughs> and it's going to be there on my instagram joe bellman episode 30 with his face as well <laughs> with that face with his tiktok Freshly hair shaven before the episode as well <laughs> me <so>. too um <laughs> I ask all of my guests for a podcast or an Instagram recommendation. And I know you've already recommended a book, which is really good. And of course, we've got your um, podcast, which I am going to link uh, in the episode notes as well. Fantastic. But what have you got for me? And it doesn't have to be grief or mental health related. Fine if it is, or just something that you like. Um, yeah, so I, it's probably isn't, um, it's not really mental health related, but I, yeah, so I, I do like to listen to quite a few podcasts. Um, one of them is, I'm going to forget his name, actually. I'm going to search off my phone. But um, it's, so there's there's a few. I'm quite, I quite like business-related podcasts that, um, that are kind of good for, like, your mindset. Um, okay. Jay Shetty-type stuff. Yeah, Jay, oh, to be fair, I do like, I was going to say from a page, I do like Jay Shetty. I read, I like his book, Think Like a Monk um that he's uh I don't know if you've seen that but um yeah so oh yeah yeah so a few podcasts are like obviously Joe Rogan I think yeah um you know that's it from just the variety and he's just a really unbelievable host I think he's he's just a very yeah it, from and all, as a podcaster as well kind of helped me like kind of ish you know navigate because like, if you look at the first episodes I've done it was it was a bit um waffly and like although very good because you know i'm pretty good no, i'm joking yeah. but, um, <laughs> but no just not back yourself constantly back yourself just i think it was lack of direction but 
yeah, yeah he's he's good but um another one is i don't know if you've heard of his name's jack mate he's like a youtuber and he has like this happy hour podcast um, yeah funny guy just um yeah I, I yeah i'm waffling waffling but um yeah i kind of i i, I don't i listen to podcasts a fair bit to be honest yeah no jack mate, was, well, jack mate was really funny because a friend of mine recommended, for, uh, sent me an actual specific episode of uh, Jack Mate's podcast where he was talking to basically um, an ex undercover police officer, like proper, like, oh, we did this yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 60s or whatever. Anyway, so I, I listened to that and um, I got into, no, I didn't get into my car. Well, I was in my car. I picked up my nephew <laughs> who's 11 and it was up on my um, Apple CarPlay thing. And he was like, you know who Jack Mate is? And I was like, <laughs> um... I don't know. I'm just listening to a podcast. And he was like, how come are you listening to Jack mate? Like as if I couldn't be cool enough <laughs> yeah. to like listen to Jack mate. And I was like, who is he? And he was like, he's a YouTuber. And I'm like, all right, calm yourself. Oh, yeah. Relax. <laughs> like, um, but yeah. So, um, and it's really annoying because I listened to that one episode and now Spotify is this. Why I don't like listening to podcasts on Spotify. I'm very much a music for Spotify podcasts on Apple. Um, oh, really? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Android people, because it's just obsessed with telling me to keep on listening to you. Listen to Jack mates happy hour a year ago. So listen to this all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, my podcast it's, it's so funny when I interview podcasters because I've become the interviewee. Um, my podcasts are, um, <laughs> I, I, I listen a lot to Danny Wallace. He's on Radio X. He has a show okay. on, on Radio X on a Sunday. And I've listened to Danny Wallace for years and years in his audio books. Uh, he's really good. He's so quintessentially English um, about things. And then his, his, um, podcast is really good. And I've actually, because of a recommendation from a podcast guest, I've got back into my dad wrote a porno, which I, I haven't listened to for like three years. Have you listened yeah. to it? I, I haven't actually listened to it, but I know I've seen it on the Spotify recommended. So yeah, it's, maybe, it's, maybe we it's should very, very funny. It's so stupid. It's very funny. And, uh, yeah. but my, my absolute favorite podcast, um, at the moment is it's a podcast called friends living with, with friends. lost podcast. Oh, uh, thank uh, you. Living <laughs> with lost podcast. I, I'll edit that. My absolute <laughs> favorite podcast is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's, uh, it's called Living With Loss by uh, a guy called Joe Bellman. It's all oh, right. I think so. I've heard <laughs> it's good, to be honest. <laughs> um, no, it's a podcast called Friends With Friends. Um, I love the TV show Friends. Uh, as you, can, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says, Gum Would Be Perfection, if you're a Friends uh, fan. And they basically, people choose their favourite episode of Friends and they just talk through it. And it's so simple and I just love oh, wow. it so much. So yeah. I like I like little things like that. Don't ask me any more questions, all right? It's not your podcast. If you want to invite <laughs> me onto your podcast, that's a different thing. All right. I'm, I'm probably too old. I've crossed over the barrier and I'm now not allowed <laughs> onto the Living With Lost podcast. Um, Joe, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on and I, I what you're doing in, in, like within the grief community and for people of a young age who've lost anyone or anything. I just think you're doing good things. So I am a fan of your work and I want you to carry Thank on you. doing good things. Um, give, give my love to everyone. And um, if I'm ever allowed to enter my home country, I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I'm coming into London and we'll go out for a beer. Fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> Can't wait. Take care. I'll see you soon. I'll speak to you later. See you later. See you. Bye. Twice. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye.